diversifying during lockdown i like it sounds dramatic hello welcome to scared up stories it's our regular digital beans podcast where we talk to business owners across the southeast about how they have scaled their business and this is a special collaboration because over the next couple of weeks maybe five to six weeks uh, leading up to the awards ceremony we're going to be joining forces uh, with taste of kent awards produced by digital beans with the help of produced in kent uh, to bring you these special podcasts and the journey that we're going to go on is quite simple over the next couple of weeks we're going to learn learn a little bit more about what the taste of kent awards mean to the local kent food and drink community plus we'll be speaking to the finalists themselves finding out more about their passions and why kent is such a special place them we're gonna bring the finalists to you ahead of this year's award ceremony and uh, on the show today we have ed gray the director of what's farm uh, what's farm are the finalists in the uh, kent food retailer category and after making an incredible transformation over the past 12 months they've managed to build and sustain a brand new online farm shop which has brought a whole new a whole new dimension to their business. Uh, Watts Farm, of course, have been going for quite a long time. It's a family-run business that farms over 600 hectares of land across 10 farms in Kent and Essex. They grow around 100 different crops each year, and they serve major supermarkets, uh, retailers, wholesalers, high-end hotels and restaurants, airlines, schools, and the general public as well. Uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about Watts Farm a little bit later on. Uh, but first, um, I want to bring you Sebastian who I caught up with earlier on this week. He's the owner and chef at Brisket and Barrel, who are finalists in the Kent Ambient Product of the Year for their new product, their delicious, as I would call it, ketchup smoke. Sebastian is going to tell us how to properly say it in just a moment's time. Uh, they're based in Seven Oaks. Brisket and Barrel is a French smokehouse with a restaurant, deli and online shop. Um, I started my chat with Sebastian by um, by asking him a question. You know, he originates, he comes from France. Uh, he decided to move to Kent. So I wanted to ask him why. Why, why did you decide, Sebastian, uh, to move to the heart of Kent? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I moved to Seven Oak uh, with my wife 13, 14 years ago, I think, from where we lived. In, I mean, I, I moved to England 26 years ago, uh, to Oxford, and I met my wife. We moved to London, and then Seven Oak looked like uh, uh, the perfect place to, um, to build our nest when we had the kids and everything. So that's what we've done. And um, uh, with Alex, my cousin, we, we wanted to find... Or to, because we love cooking, we love uh, you know, what we're doing, but working in a restaurant, it's, it's tough. It's not, you know, it's fun a little bit of the time and the rest of the time it's really a bit crazy. So we thought there is a better way of doing it, which is um, not doing the smoked meat, but the, the, the more of the party side of the restaurant. We wanted a restaurant where you can have a good time, you know, where it's, uh, the music is too loud, uh, the staff is not... Uh, to uh, put put together, but more, you know, they wanted you know a fun place, a place where you could go and have and have fun, mm -hmm. and which is what we've done. Uh, but of course, you know, it's things uh, we've we've been evolving a lot in you know, the last four years, and then the last year, of course, just makes everything in perspective. So we, or Alex, decided so it was a good idea to um, to turn half of the restaurant into a deli, so we could carry on doing something and have a, instead of closing the restaurant completely. And that was actually a very, very good idea. 
Um, and so well after the first uh, the first lockdown when we reopened you know between what was it September and Christmas so we had the shop and the restaurant uh, so in the evening we had tables in the shop and, and it was really really cool you know it's a different the whole atmosphere of of brisket and barrel changed completely you know I mean it was still I mean I think it made it even a crazier place uh you came in and you were sitting next to the cheese and then uh, then the wine and the saucisson and then it's all it was it, it was really really cool and, and and the sauce of course yes and the sauce. <laughs> and the ketchup. Yeah, before we talk about that and how you've twisted and a bit about your products within the deli um could you just tell me quickly you, you mentioned about obviously you, you decided very quickly that seven oaks was a place that you wanted to be the place that you wanted to live. what, what yeah. made you fall in love with just briefly what made you fall in love with with seven oaks oh but just because that's where i live that's where i live that's where i've got my friend that's where i ride my mountain bike that's where i do that's 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 where i that's where i am so I didn't want to go to London and because of course London at the time, not anymore, but you know, it's the place to do if you want to be successful. And yeah. this is not what we wanted. We wanted to have a place where it, it's, it's a local, you know, I've do, I, I do the, what we're doing was for, for my neighbors, for, for, for my wife, or I suppose it's a bit of a personal thing. You know, it's when, when I go out in Seven Oak, there is a few places that I love, but not that many. The rest is just. You know, I don't know if I can say name, but you know, it's a big company, big restaurant that yeah. you go there, you have some noodles or some pizza and it's like, yeah, and then what? You know, there is nothing, there is no death, there is no nothing in it. So we, we wanted to do something in 7 Oak because it's, it's, it's kind of the, the right thing to do. You know, you've got the two way in life, the right way and the easy way. And, and doing it in 7 Oak was the right way. And also the smoking. Smoking is such a... Uh, long and you know you have to go to bed late you have to come early you have to if I, if we were in london it would have been crazy you know going in the train and that i just, just wouldn't work here yeah. so it, it, it kind of I, I wanted to do it here so we could have some western beers and my friend could come after a bike ride and you know have a have some brisket and and, and a beer yeah that, that's that was the plan is a place it, to hang around with my friends. It's interesting that you uh, that you mentioned there about you being a biker. There are some lovely little walking routes and some lovely little routes that you can you can bike on, and and the surrounding areas as well as Seven Oaks are quite lovely too. So um, I expect yeah. that the, yeah. the 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 areas of natural beauty that we have here in Kent also played a big part in uh in your decision making as well. But as you said, you know, in terms of an independent local trade going in somewhere in Seven Oaks when you're surrounded by quite some big companies, that must have been a been a big step for you. And you mentioned there about you wanted to create a place where your friends could come afterwards you can you know you could you could have a you could have a laugh you could you could enjoy owning a business whilst also hanging out with your friends mm. and, and you know and, and enjoying some delicious food how how did how did brisket and barrels start then what what was the idea from from the beginning tell us a bit about your business for anyone who doesn't know we we uh, um we wanted to um, to open a place at the train station uh on the other side of where we are here and they they were redoing an old pub they had a beautiful pub that they broke down and they're building some flats again a bit more flat in seven Oak. and um uh, we wanted to be in there because uh we how can i say we wanted to have a, a rotisserie so having uh, roast chicken in, in france there is a shop like that it's called traiteur so it's a place where you go and then you buy a roast chicken you buy uh, some sauté potato you buy lots of salad you buy some ham some wine a place where you you know you finish work on your way home you stop there you get a cheese baguette and, and then you've got everything you need to to for for a good dinner um 
and they didn't want us to open anything there because it was cooking involved and uh, they didn't want that so then we had to sort of uh, somewhere else and we also had to, to compete with a roast chicken from a big supermarket that they sell for four quid you know if we were making a, a roast chicken that we buy from a local guy then is no way you can sell a roast chicken for four pound fifty. Uh, so, so how could we compete to supermarket chicken for four or five quid? And then us, our chicken that we will have to sell for for ten or twelve pound. So we said, okay, we need to change change the idea. And Alex been traveling a lot, and then he loved the smoking, the American smoking technique. So we've been looking into that, and um, and I suppose because we are French, we just couldn't help to just slowly making the smoke, the American smoking technique, a bit more, you know, less cheese and less heavy butters and fat and stuff, making it a bit more, uh, I don't want to say sophisticated, but a bit more elegant, you know, with a, uh, with a bit more finesse and, and mixing it with celeriac remoulade and then starting to do smoked duck leg confit and then things like that. Yeah. What, what, what makes it, it just happened. Um, what makes French chef so good, Sebastian? Because Gordon Ramsay, every time I watch a program on him, he talks about his his French roots when he went over to France, and that's where he learned all about his uh, you know his culinary yeah. trade. And he, he he literally says, without going to France, he doesn't think he'd be as good a cook as he is now. What what makes what makes French yeah. cuisine so you know so so must have and you know, because it's good. it's very important. Everything you wake up in France is what's going to be dinner, what's uh, or lunch, and then <laughs> it's like my house as well. Yeah, when lunch is done, you go back to work and you say, Oh, what did you have for lunch? and then you talk about it, and then yeah. and then dinner, what you what are you going to do for it? It's just because it's a very important uh, uh, everybody is eating, everybody wants to eat, it's just such a big thing, you know, eating is so important, and yeah, I think that's it. And then because again, you know, you, you eat stuff and then you try it, and then after you try somebody else's food and you're thinking, you know, just put a bit of salt in it, you know, a bit of pepper, just, just nothing, not much, that just bring everything up. Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, when I moved to Seven Oak a long time ago, I mean, a long time ago, 13 years ago, I, I had a coffee in one of these big restaurants and then uh, the coffee was awful, was terrible. So I went back to the guy who was making, they had a beautiful coffee machine and everything. So I told the guy, I said, well, you know, can you make me another coffee? This one is horrible. And he said to me, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't drink coffee. So already, you know, if you're the guy who's making coffee, but you don't drink it, then how can you mm-hmm. make it better? Mm-hmm. So I think that's also a problem. I mean, not a problem because there is some very, 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 very good English chefs. You know, don't I don't want you to think, you know, and there is some very shit French chef as well. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but is is I think food is such an important thing. It's yeah. probably the same as you know, if I wanted to uh, make beer, uh, when I go when I if I go back home, if I'm in France, I want to want to make beer, then it's probably a very good idea if I come in England and learn how to do beer because the beer you make in England is is the best. Yeah. So you know, it's you're making awesome beer and we're making good food. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you bring them both together, it's the perfect collaboration. On that quickly, exactly. I just want to hit on from from everything you've just said. Then for me, you know, brisket and barrel feels more than just a, a restaurant, more than just a more than just a deli to me it feels like a, a bit of a passion project for you as well would, would that be true yeah. are you really passionate as as you showed there about your food and and serving not just the people of seven oaks but the people of kent just a totally different culinary experience compared to other restaurants out there yeah i mean it's, it's it feels like there's not enough petrol to go back you know you start something and 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 then 
we, we are somewhere now where, well, I, I can't help it. You know, you just carry on. You know, that's what you're doing. I don't, I, there is no other way of doing it like that. And it's, and it's true, you know, in the morning you come, it's nice, you, know, you have a coffee, you chat with everybody, and then it's, it's, it's good fun. And I mean, when the restaurant was open, because it's been a while now, so we kind of forgot, you know, I go home at five o'clock in the evening, it's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the, the people who come are, they get it, you know, they come, they sit down, they, they understand the wine, they understand what we're doing. And they know, uh, they, it feels like when they come, it's a bit of a, they chill out and they have a good time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it helped, it helped to keep being passionate about it, yeah. And obviously yeah. you've had to, like the rest of us, you've had to change up, you've had to do something different during COVID. You've opened up your deli, which means you now also sell products too. You've got an e-commerce store on your website. Yeah. And one of those products has been nominated for a Taste of Kent Award, which is fantastic work. Of course, yeah. within all the hard graft that you've put in over the last 12 months to keep the business afloat, to be able to see and get some recognition now it must be a great thing. We get to that in a second, but it's your, it's your ketchup smoke that has been nominated for Kent yeah. Ambient Product of the Year. How does that feel for yeah. you to be nominated for, for a Taste of Kent Award? Oh, it's nice. Of course it's nice, you know, ketchup smoking. We keep the French uh, with the accent on the E at the end, ketchup smoking. Um, if I done that, uh, if I done that, Sebastian, like, I'd just sound like a British bloke trying to speak French. So I'll, 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 I'll keep it up the tongue. <laughs> smoky. Smoky. <laughs> um, it's yeah, see, it's very good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, of course, every every reward is or reward of recognition is nice. When when you do the same thing again every day, every day, every day, and then not, nobody's even if you don't really need it, but everybody's you know, if somebody's coming and say, "Hi, well done, that's good," it makes you makes you makes you happy, makes you feel good. Yeah, of course. How how have your um, uh, your, your 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 rubs and and your, and your sources and 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 so to speak, the e-commerce yeah. side of the business, your products, how have they gone down with your consumers, and have they given you another avenue for your business now? We've mentioned the delis there. But could e-commerce potentially yeah. be something that you you jump on in in the future, seeing at how that soared for other local Kent businesses within the food and drink industry? I I don't know really. Uh, to be honest, for we we haven't we we're not. Um, how can I say it? You know, it's, without sounding stupid, I'm not thinking too much in the future. Yeah. Okay. So so we've been doing the ketchup like that because the ketchup we had in the restaurant and we were only you know it was on the table and then people said oh you know can I buy some? It's really nice and then. So we're starting having a chat with Amadel and all the guys, and uh, and then and then, uh, yeah, that's where we are now. And we, we decided to, but but in the same time, we also understand that there is so many sources on the market. There is they are everywhere, and and price wise, uh, it's really tough to compete with the with the big boys. And we don't want to compete. You know, we we are doing our things in Seven Oak. So so for it to be. To be so, I mean, we're selling it on internet. We're selling it a little bit. Uh, it's it's not, you know, it's not crazy, um, but it's it's there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's. Uh, we'll see where where things take us. You know, maybe in six months, we will have to buy a bigger pot to cook the kitchen. <laughs> well, t- well, tell us about it. T- tell us, tell us about your, you know, your your finalist product, the Kent Ambient product of the year. Your your ketchup smoke, as as you say, it's pronounced. Yeah. Tell us about it. Where did the idea for it start? You know, how? What's the process? What's the what? You know, what what's? In, I well, mean, it's 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 a brewing process I mean, if it's alcohol, isn't it? But for that product, how how is it made, and and what's the purpose of it for well, a consumer? When when um, 
yeah when we started it, it was only uh, because we had the smoker on and uh, i mean it, in the we've got one smoker where we smoke everything and then the kitchen is a tiny little kitchen so i haven't got the uh, we haven't got the facility of, of cooking a lot so we, we only we use the smoker because it was convenient and uh, so we, we were making a, a burger at the time uh, that we call the saint john's because we're in saint john's here which is a, a croissant bun so it was uh, a croissant dough but in a, in a like in a shape of a bun and then we had um, uh, cheese, I mean cheddar, salad, tomato, no, just normal stuff, and the brisket, obviously. And we wanted a sauce that we that complement the smoky. You know, ketchup was alright, but it wasn't just right. Mm -hmm. um, so Alex uh, uh, thought about putting stuff in the smoker, the, the tomato in the smoker, and then we smoked the tomato, and then we made the ketchup from the tomato, uh, and it was really, really good. <laughs> so we thought, well, let's try to make more you know the barbecue sauce and then of course the barbecue sauce when you start looking in all, all these sauces you know the the the, the barbecue and the ketchup it's it, it's only a ketchup with something else that make a barbecue sauce and then when you've got the barbecue then yeah you know, it's so it's just uh, uh so it's just yeah uh, it's a, a chain you know you start something and then you carry on carry on then after of course we had to to look into because uh, when we were doing just for the restaurant you know it's a fresh product so young yeah had a few the, the shelf life was uh, uh you know, a week or something like that but then then because we want to sell it and being a bit more professional or, or or then you start looking at how the big boys you know why are why is there so much salt in it that was actually very interesting you know why are they there is so much salt so much vinegar so much and then it, it, to me it's it's such um uh, the other way or the other side of being a chef you know when you when you cook it's it's just you do it now it's, it's you don't say too much it's it's um it's spontaneous but when you do a, a sauce and you want to you want to keep it good but with a with a with a um, you know, how can i say that with a shelf life or something that you can conserve and put it you know some people can have it in their, their house for four months then it's a different ball game because you have to look on how it's on the conservation things and the sugars and then and then yeah when you start looking into the big boys and then they, they've got so much sugar in it so much vinegar so much mm -hmm. stuff to so they could keep it for you can live in full sunshine for years and then you can eat it after nothing's gonna happen to you because it's just full of yeah, weird it's stuff. not right is it <laughs> and then we say okay if we, yeah exactly if we if we do um if we do a sauce we want to make it as simple as possible and it took a lot a lot of work and uh lots of times and mm -hmm. lots of money lots of money because you have to send it to people who, you know in the lab and they to see to see if, how long you can keep stuff and then yeah and eventually uh, we are ready to uh, we've been ready to do it and then yeah obviously it's, it's a proud <laughs> moment to tell it sebastian and get it on the uh get it on the shelf so to speak you know once you've had to go through all that yeah. testing all, all that process spend that money then to to be nominated for an award for it as you've mentioned there must must be really good it must be must be a great feeling but obviously it's not just it's not just you there at risk it and battle tell us a bit about your team uh yeah. tell us a little bit about so, the, so the company yeah, so there is Alex and Quentin. So it's the, so it's three of us, the three musketeers. And um, uh, we had to bring when we when we were pretty deep into the ketchup stuff. We had to bring Amadel, which is uh, the guy you saw before. Is there? Amadel is a, is a food scientist, so he's the one who kind of you know weighed all the the grams of uh, of sugar and a bit of vinegar and that, that that just to make it exactly how we want it. And that took. How long did it took? 
years, a months, year. yeah, a year, I think, yeah. yeah, where we had chips and then, and then we also had to find the best way of eating it because we were eating so many ketchup and so many barbecue sauce every day that we uh, <laughs> couldn't anymore. But the best is with chips, you know, you make chips and then you dip it in the ketchup and then it just comes alive, you know, you have such a... Can I just say on that, I think I speak on behalf of everyone watching as well, that if you need another food taster, I am available. Okay. Um, and as will oh, be okay. our audience, I bet. So I'm just a phone call away. Also, I won't charge you for it. If you want to give me food? That's fine. I'll be a free food tester. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so I'll bear it in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will give you yeah. great feedback, I don't but think. It... But still, I, I'll, I'll tell you that it's great and eat more. I mean, that's that's good enough, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where were you? Sorry about that. The acidity, <laughs> the bitter level and all that, but yeah. <laughs> because eating a lot, it's, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's no, good, it's good. I'll bear, I'll, I'll bear it, uh, no, I'll bear it. I'll uh, keep, keep you in mind. Thank you, mate, yeah. Sorry, where, where were you? You were talking about your team. Sorry about that, I had to interrupt. I I forgot now. <laughs> you're telling us, beer, that's yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, you're telling us. You told us the faces behind the, the behind the team. You're talking about obviously that process on yeah. testing the products and and bits and pieces like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alex, uh, Alex is uh, my cousin. Okay. So we work together for feels like uh, all our life. Um, and um, Quentin is is the is the how can I put it the the, the back face is the guy at the back who's doing all the all the important work all the paperwork all the stuff that need to be looked after and that uh, uh, we don't do because we are cooking or we are just <laughs> messing up with food um, but yeah and it's been what four years that uh, brisket is open hopefully. You know, the, the plan at the beginning was to open another one and another one. Uh, but of course, after the COVID, now just the, the, that's the one here we focus on. And um, yeah, that's where we are. Well, look, Kent so, Ambient Product of the Year, the Taste of Kent Awards, obviously Brisket and Barrow Up with their Ketchup Smokey. You've got the Chili Chup with Carring, uh, Carrington's and the Chipotle and Habanero Chili Jam, which is yeah. Jam Face Jams. I mean, some fantastic products in there, Sebastian, in, in their own right. It's just yeah. such a fantastic category, this. But what would it mean to you and your team to, to, to obviously pick up that award? It'd, it'd be after the year's graft and, you know, the amount that goes into creating these products, it'd, it'd be a good feeling, wouldn't it? <sighs> I mean, yeah, of course it would be good, but it's, it's really, it's, it's funny that you, because it, it feels good that, you know, we've been nominated and we are where we are now. And then, but again, you know, something that I think it's, maybe it's not politically correct or it's not, uh, but, but we're, we're not doing it for any reward. You know, we're just doing it, these things because it's what we believe in and, and we think it's right. And it's brilliant that I think people picked up on it and that you guys tasted it and then said, oh, actually, these guys are doing a good job. So that's the stuff that that's what make me feel good and makes everybody feel good. But we're, we're not doing it for, you know, to achieve anything. So I don't know how, how if it sounds uh, pretentious or if it sounds like, but, but it's great that he's been, yeah. But, but then after, you know, if we won, I don't know. I'm sure the day if, if it happened and that we do, then I'm probably be very happy. But yeah, for the <laughs> moment is uh, I'm taking everything easy and <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know if you know what I mean when I say we're not doing it to. No, no, no. I get to, what you mean. Be... I get what. No, I understand what you mean yeah. exactly. Of course, for you, the fact that it's I, been recognised is 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 up there. If you go that next step, then it's just obviously that extra bit of appreciation, which you'd obviously yeah, exactly. be grateful for. Yeah. But you know, you're 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 happy with where with where it's at, and obviously you also recognise yeah. it. You said it earlier on. You know, the Kent food and drink industry is setting such high standards. It's fantastic. There's some fantastic, you know, yeah, yeah. businesses been nominated and products nominated. That no, I, I completely understand where you're at, and also. Sebastian, let me just say, you've been a lovely guy, so I didn't expect any different answer from you. I didn't expect you to sit there and go, no, I really want to win. Forget those guys, they're crap. I want to win this. I, what you said there was absolutely yeah. spot on, I thought. So, yeah, no, I, I completely get it, and I yeah. bet everyone will. Cool. Thank you, thank you. Sebastian, thank you for taking the time out today. Yeah. Congratulations for, for being a finalist, and um, and we'll see you at that ceremony. Well, if not, I might I might even stop by before, seeing as we can all get out a little bit further now. Do I, do I need to wear a tie? What, for the virtual ceremony? I mean, I, I, I was yeah. I was thinking about it today, uh, but I went with a hoodie. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. Cheers for that. Okay. My pleasure. Thank you. See you later. Sebastian there, the owner and chef at Brisket and Barrel. What a lovely guy. No fighting talk at the end there. He's happy to be a finalist. He's happy that his team's getting the recognition. And it was great chatting to him. Uh, we did that yesterday afternoon. And someone else who I also caught up with yesterday afternoon, uh, Ed Gray, the director of What's Farm. We'll have him on in just a second. But just a reminder for you that Sebastian and his team at Brisket and Barrow are finalists in the Kent Ambient Product of the Year Award in the uh, Taste of Kent Awards for their Ketchup Smoke. That's alongside Chili Chup Char Carrington's uh, Chipotle and Habanero Chili Jam from Jam Face Jams. It's a stat category. Uh, some fantastic nominees who who unfortunately didn't even make it to finalists and some fantastic finalists as well there, there as well. So um, good luck, Sebastian and the team. Um, but right now, let's move on to our second guest, Ed Gray, the director of Watts Farm, who are finalists in the Kent Food Retailer category in this year's Taste of Kent Awards. Um, I actually caught up uh, with Ed yesterday uh, and we had quite a nice long conversation. Um, I started off that so chat with Ed uh, talking to him a little bit about um, the history of Watts Farm and, and how it started. Business, um, it was set up by my grandfather in 1952 and uh, you know, my parents took over the business uh, from, from there. And it's, we've got different parts of business. We, we're essentially a farming business um, on running on 10 farms across Kent. Um, and uh, we supply supermarkets, wholesale markets. We diversified about 15 years ago to buy restaurants. Um, and obviously this year diversified further to, to create an online shop and supply the public. Um, so really a family business that's, that's grown with different different sides to it. So diversing and changing things up, it's normal for you guys, right? You said you've done it a few times in the past. So when, 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 when COVID hit, naturally came up with an idea, there was a will, there was a way, and you've pushed more online. You've, you've pushed more into e-commerce. In fairness, it was more of a sink or swim scenario. So <laughs> when this 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 time we, we had to, and in hindsight, you could argue that we should have done it a long time ago, really, because it's been very successful since doing it, and and that's been you know essentially fueled by COVID. But but essentially, you could argue that we could have set up an online division um, a while before this, really. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, diversification is normal normal for us. But this one was a was a big one, uh, and it's really changed a lot of the stuff that we do um, since then. And how has that gone down, not just with your consumers, but but also the team as well? How's how's it changed you guys for the for the future? I'll be honest, it's um it's like an actually like a roller coaster ride. There's been there's been massive ups and, and and big downs as well. So you know the first up was the fact it's popular and and 
we came online and I think we did about 5,000 orders in the first week and a half. Um, we never saw anything like that. And that was fantastic because we were very petrified that that we were about to essentially this part of business might might go bankrupt because ultimately we had no business and we had um, lots of stock. Um, so that was that was great. So that was fantastic. Um, and obviously that that dwindled a little bit and the volume went went down since then, but still very, very big orders, you know, big levels that we, we never dreamt of that would happen. Um, so that's been great. Uh, Different works. Obviously, the whole team's had to adapt in, in terms of, you know, we're used to logistics and we find lots of restaurants hotels, which is slightly different. And we've had to adapt in terms of, you know, dealing with the public, making sure our customer services is is, is second to none. Um, you know, making sure our drivers they're doing sort of doing big, big bulky deliveries, they're doing sort of fifty or sixty smaller deliveries. So there's been change all over. Uh, and during the whole COVID, I've been really proud of the team of how they've adapted uh, and really marked in on different levels. You know, we've had Drivers doing picking, pickers doing. It's been all over the place. Really, everyone's sort of done different different roles, and everyone's learned new skills as well. We've become very digital, um, which has been great. And you might, myself included, we've all learned skills that we did never never knew how to do before. Like lots of social media skills, um, digital artwork skills. <laughs> Got a whole plethora of new skills. And how how inspiring is that? The fact that you're learning and, and you're moving. How how does that feel? So to speak, a business owner, you had to take a leap of faith. You had to is a sink or swim scenario, as you said. You know, your team and yourself. You've had to adapt. You've had to learn different things. You know, how 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 does that make you feel now? Where we're a year on, looks like we might be going back to some sort of normality, and, and you've basically got another division of the business there. Yeah, I mean. Well, first off, we're knackered. <laughs> of course, you need the yeah. bank holiday weekend that's coming up. We haven't we haven't had a break there since starting. Um, no, but I mean, really, as business owner, I'm I'm proud of the guys for stepping up and learning new skills because um, you know they, they didn't have to, and and the guys have really all mucks in to do that. So that's been, it's been great. But I mean, I'm more excited, I guess, really, because we're now starting to apply some of those new skills and and new new not just skills, also digital services, things we didn't have before. Um, how you track your deliveries and get notifications, you know, like some of the top courier companies do on your phone. We now have that tech. Um, and we're really teched up on a lot of things that we're now applying to our, our main business, which, if I'm honest, if I look back, probably was a little bit um, outdated in terms of traditionally customers would call us, they'd place an order, we process the order, whereas um, we weren't doing some of the smarter. Yes, we'd get newsletters and stuff, we weren't doing some of the smarter stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited about what we've learned and applying it. And um, and also now with, with Zoom and all the online forums and things, we're, we're learning now is not, it's not as difficult as it used to be before you have to go to a seminar or away for a conference for a day now you can jump on a zoom call for an hour and learn how to to do something new without leaving your office so yeah it's it's been exciting it's also unbelievable what's on youtube like literally it's just a search away anything you want to learn is literally a search away on that youtube it's it's true. absolutely crazy um what about then your team? You've, you've just mentioned your team quite quite a bit. I think it's natural to ask about them now. Who, who are the faces? Who are some of the people? And I know I'm putting you on the spot. You've got a bit of an operation. You know, you're probably going to end up forgetting someone somewhere. But but tell us a bit about some of the faces behind behind What's Farm. I mean, it's 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 hard to pinpoint sort of individual people because every, literally everyone from drivers to pickers to to sort of management team have have really stepped up. Um, but obviously, you know, at the, at the top we've got the senior management team. Um, and le that's led by uh, Cole Leary, who's general manager, and they've been doing a lot and lots of work of co-packing for box meal companies because um, we have quite a big site. So although the online business has been fantastic, we've had to diversify into other areas as well to try and sustain our overheads and, and minimize our losses. Um, so um, he's he's really looked after a massive project last year, uh, which has also helped out the bigger sort of box meal companies to make sure they can feed the nation. Um, and then um, my customer services and sales team, um, which is led by Eleanor, she she's really stepped up in terms of um, you know 
pushing the online, doing new marketing, emails, social medias, Facebook adverts, social media, all this sort of stuff we had no idea about. And she's really enjoyed learning that stuff. Um, some of that's been quite technical and, and quite difficult, but it's had huge dividends. Um, and in procurement, the procurement boys, I mean, they've, they've really had had a challenge. Everything they're buying is going up and down. So one minute, you know, Eat Out's help came back, they need to get stopped back. Then it stops. Then they're gearing up for Christmas. And hold on, Christmas is cancelled. So everything you bought, we need to find a home for that. And they've done really good to minimise losses. And also what they've had to buy and, and the suppliers they deal with has, has changed to buy more retail formats and, and get stuff in um, very quickly, especially when the shortages hit, you know flour and eggs and everything in the first wave that was going short they had to try and stay ahead of the curve and and find it elsewhere or or, or get it in and that was really demanding uh, back in the beginning i, I mean you, you we've spoken a bit about how the business has evolved and, and a lot there about your team and how they've had to diverse and, and you as a business as well but what about the, the the future then not not just for you guys but for the hospitality sector obviously a lot of people that you do supply to they but in, in the main businesses is within you know hospitality so in terms of those guys and and the new normal so to speak how confident are you that you know that hopefully this is now the the bright step forward the vaccinations at where we're at now in in the world that potentially we could be moving forward to a to a brighter world where consumers are behaving differently but there's going to be a massive demand as you say the guys who are fulfilling procurement you're going off hopefully it'll just be up <laughs> you know and, and we're seeing businesses within the food and drink industry and can continue to grow yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there is going to be a massive boom in, in certain areas of hospitality, but you have to remember there's also massive areas of hospitality that are completely shut down still and, and will be. So, you know, we used to do a lot into the airlines. The airlines used to take three or four lorries a day of produce into us. You're talking about maybe 8,000 pounds of strawberries a day from Kent. I could deliver to the airline right now in the back of my car what they need, mm -hmm. you know, and they are not going to recover anytime the next month, two months, three months. We're talking about longer, a longer recovery for those guys. Um, same with all the hotels in London. We live to all the five-star hotels in London. Um, again, they rely on tourists to come visit visit London. Um, they're not really full of of locals in, in the country, really. If I'm honest, they they rely on tourism uh, to fill those restaurants and fill those hotels. So again, that's not come back. So although there is a there is going to be up, uplift in hospitality, especially local hospitalities, you know, beer gardens, pubs, local restaurants, places outdoor space that will be really really busy. There's also a massive area that actually is still going to be really really quiet, um, and I think it will take a while to recover. And some areas have changed for good. Um, so we did a lot of corporate hospitality. So in your offices, your, you know, your, your Facebook offices, your Google offices, there'll be a canteen, have whatever you want. You know, they're not going to have as much footfall anymore than they had before. Um, a lot of people, the, the feedback from a lot of offices we, we deal with is, although people will return to work, it'll be a slightly different model, uh, a flexi model or two, three days. So, so the number of people eating those in those canteens has changed. So there's, yeah, so I think it swings and roundabouts. Um, likewise, though, I've got a lot of customers, uh, restaurant customers set up box schemes and meal boxes in Kent, and they've been phenomenal. And I think they'll continue, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the London brands, you know, like uh, we've got a fantastic brand in London um, called, called Burger Lobster. You, they don't, they're not in Kent, but you can order their meal kits online to Kent. You know, so so that's a, a great example of how a restaurant can expand their 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 reach uh, nationally. Do you know what? It's such a small world. And I say this all the time. And I know Burger and Lobster are, are quite a big brand, to be fair. They've got restaurants and outlets all over the world. But it's so funny that out of all, all of your clients that you could mention is Burger and Lobster. I used to live in Dubai. Um, and and literally burger and lobster was my go-to place to eat and i worked with them for a period of time as well going and hosting some events for them and, and doing some bits and pieces it's just crazy like straight away when you said burger and lobster i was like of anyone you could have said <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean hungry at lunchtime why don't you ed <laughs> well we've had a, a you know it was really interesting the first lockdown everything sort of close all we all we had apart from the online yeah. was basically some hospitals some care homes and some prisons everything else was, was shut 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone was quite nervous. And actually, our fir- the first two customers we had that kind of gave it a go was Paul UK Coffee Shops, the patisserie and coffee chain, mm-hmm. and Burger Lobster. And I'll be honest, um, they took really bold moves because they weren't sure what to do. They hadn't done deals with landlords. They were still paying full full amount. But they wanted to they wanted to have a crack at, at doing deliveries. And the first weekend, Burger Lobster opens. They had queue. They had, I think they had so much queue and they had their, they had riots and everything going on outside. It was uh, it was crazy. But they they took some really brave steps. And you know those businesses now have diversified. To doing other stuff um so like you know if, if, in britain i think in particular um you know british businesses you, you diversify you you find you don't give up basically and, and do you know what i think we should celebrate that spirit and actually pat business owners on the back and management on the back who have been brave who've made choices and and, and basically as you said have entered a sink or swim scenario where they've gone do you know what I care about my business. I care about my members of staff. We need to do something. We can't just sit back and rely on furlough and that the new good world will come. And I think those business owners and those people deserve a massive pat on the back. And this is why talking to Florja, look at this spin, yeah, uh, yeah. the Taste of Kent Awards, um, I think is really nice this year because we're celebrating a number of businesses that didn't stop. They, they obviously, they kept on going, they diversified and, and we're, they're getting some appreciation for the work that they've put in over the past 12 months to, to, to be here today. So for you, Ed, and, and, and the business, how nice is it to have been nominated for this for this Taste of Kent Award? Yeah, it's it's really nice to be honest. And it is like you say, it's kinda of like a pat on the back. When you're a business leader and business owner, you don't you don't you don't really get a pat on the back. You come from anywhere. <laughs> you can give it to your staff, but you can't normally give it to you. So this this is um, a real good recognition. And we haven't stopped and um and yeah, and we, what we've done really has I mean the volumes we've done and the, the the you know, I think we've done sixty thousand orders um to the the, the scale of diversification to get to that point, it wasn't just simple, and it, and it has been a really big uh, mountain-moving uh, effort for us. So um, we're really, really grateful to be nominated. And then it's a bit, it's a big award, it's a big category. You know, it's the Reeds of the Year is, um, you know, a, a, a big one. So um, we're we're not having just diversified. I think the team have diversified in such a way. We've done it very cleverly and very carefully, and in every way, just giving the best possible service. We don't just want to sell stuff. We want to be, you know, leading the way in the on- online stuff rather than just opening up a, a, a shop and not having good customer service. So customer service has been really the key throughout. And that's come from supplying some of the best restaurants in, in Kent and London. You know, you have to, you can have the best quality produce at, at good pricing, but if you if customer service isn't there, you just feel about it. It's a service industry ultimately. Really. Of course. And and as you mentioned there, in terms of the Castro Kent Food Retail of the Year, uh, someone else who have diversified Foodari, uh, Home Delivery, you've got Quex Barn there in Birchington, then of course Watts Farm as well, uh, make up the three finalists for that for that category. Uh, we had uh, Sebastian on yesterday from Brisket and Bower who are up for Kent Ambient Food Product of the Year. And I tried to I tried to push him to tell me how nice it would be to win the award, but he was just so humble and, and there was no fighting talk at all. Ed, I expect you're going to be the same but but would would it be nice you know you're fine at this you're getting that recognition you got that pat on the back to actually win the award though you know you know how how would that make you feel well, yeah don't be wrong the, the team want to win it the guy the other guys in our category everyone's worked every everyone in every single awards category has worked their their um their backside off the, this year and and they all in fairness i think everyone appreciates an award of some sort <laughs> because everyone has yeah. has done a, a really good job in 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 diversifying against stuff out there but i think the, the bigger thing is especially in kent is that we're all working together more now, um, mm-hmm. and Providence uh, during the pandemic has really come. People have found people have become cooks. You know, people who didn't used to cook during whatever lockdown period and whatever time they've had have started to cook, and that's been great because people now care a lot more. And they did care a lot before; but they care even more at where stuff comes from. Uh, and for us, you know, being a grow in Kent, 
uh, and, and selling a lot of Kentish growing products that really helps the provenance and it helps people care about and it's just yeah it's fantastic because um, I think that's something we needed to get back to. Of course, what's far more passionate about Kent food and drink produce? You're passionate about the Kent food and drink industry. So just quickly for our viewers who potentially are, are coming in now and maybe starting to look around at Kent food and drink produce for the very first time for you. Why is Kent food and drink the, the, the best out there? And why is it such a passion play for you guys? Well, I mean, traditionally, it's the Garden of England, so we just grow such a range of products. So you have other regional areas in the UK that will be specialists in certain things, and, and they're great as well. But I think in Kent, we have the variety of, of products coming in, and that's because we're, you know, we're further down south, we have slightly warmer climates, but we have such niche growers. Uh, you know, in our cells, we grow very niche lines, so we grow some common things, you know, like asparagus strawberries, but we'll grow loganberries and tayberries and golden gooseberries and red gooseberries and, and, and niche products. Um, and I think you've got a lot of growers like that in Kent. And, and we don't grow everything. So we, we get stuff other other local growers, obviously. Um, now is the perfect time as well. The awards has a, a great because all the seasons are starting in Kent. Um, and you, you can really eat so well in just the local area. Um, you know, we've got, even even started almost a month ago, we have from, from Thanet Earth in down near Broadstairs, we have some cherry vine tomatoes. They, they started almost a month ago and they've been fantastic. Um, and then we've got our asparagus season kicking off and you've got strawberries and raspberries kicking up any, any minute now. So I just think, you know, what what more do you need, really? Especially in the time of Brexit and and, yeah. and tariffs, you've yeah, got, you've true. got a lot. And the Kent cheese as well. We never used to sell Kent cheese um, during and during the pandemic. We also reached out to Kent cheese suppliers because they were struggling selling volumes into uh, restaurants. And now we sell like five or six fantastic Kent cheeses that we sell bucket loads of it, and it's it's great. I said this the other day to Florida when we done a quick podcast. Um, they've got a category for Kent Dairy Product of the Year and the Taste of Kent Awards. And, and I don't know about you, Ed, but I am not a lover of blue cheese at all. I, I'm not really keen. Yeah. However, Kingcott Dairy do this Kentish blue cheese, which is unreal. <laughs> it's like it's, it's unbelievable. And I think it's down to quality. Uh, it's down to how it's made. And I think that if you just go and buy a random cheese platter off the shelf, you're, you're just going to get something that's been quickly whipped up and not a lot of care and attention has gone into it. But when you buy local product, products and produce like this, it does taste different. It does have a different meaning as you eat it as well. And it's it's an experience as you eat it too, because you know that the way that that's been manufactured and created is completely different to, to anything else out there. And 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 I think that's what's really nice about knowing about some of these products, having tried them, you know, having having seen them and having seen the businesses grow as well. You know that love and care here in Kent that goes into into companies' food and drink, right? 100%. I mean, uh, that cheese mentioned, and they do another one, King Cop Blue, is, is fantastic. And when we, we have an ethos for online shopping, essentially nothing really goes on an online shop unless myself and my wife are, are kind of happy with it. And, um, and so we've tried a lot of produce over a lot of a lot of produce over the uh, the last few weeks, including a massive tomahawk steak yesterday that went live. Um, but um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been it's, it's really wowed me in terms of um, some of the quality and stuff I wasn't really aware of, and not just food. You know, we sell like Kentish soaps, um, like handmade soaps in a Kentish soap company, uh, and bath salts and lavenders, and you've got um, Easter eggs made uh, by Kentish. There's just so much out there, um, really, so so much that I never really thought. Yeah, it was, it was possible. Well, Ed, please keep up the great work because without guys like you, there's no ways that these Kent companies, Kent-based businesses can, you know, can can get the produce out there and, and you know, get, get in front of consumers. So thank you for everything you guys are doing. Obviously, well worth your nomination. Best of luck in the category and to the rest of the guys as well who are up for the same as award as you, Kent Retail, out of the year. Um, and best of luck, I suppose, leading into awards night. Thank you for joining me, Ed. Thank you very much. Cheers.
Fantastic there, director of What's Farm, that was Ed Gray, and it's an incredible category this year, the Kent Food Retailer Award. Uh, joining What's Farm, who have been recognised for diversifying and creating their online shop, is Fudari for their home delivery, and uh, Quex Barn in Birchington, who have been offering food deliveries to local customers in isolation. Uh, the winners of all the awards uh, will be announced at the virtual awards ceremony on the 11th of may right that is all for this week thanks again to sebastian and ed for jumping on the podcast with me next week we'll continue this special series with the taste of kent awards joining me uh, will be luke from garage coffee and stephen from copper rivet distillery that's all for me for now uh, see you next thursday at midday uh, and have a great bank holiday weekend stay safe everyone bye for now <laughs>